630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Three receivers to the left, two to the right for Mike Riley who takes the snap. It may not be June yet. Looks to the left and unloads to the left. But you can sense. To the 10, the 5. The Eskimos 70th season is almost here. Almost here. Touchdown Eskimos. Luke Williams to the end zone. Across the 15 to the 10. Touchdown Eskimos. Pressure's coming again. Jennings throws up into the air. Incomplete. Eskimos win it. This is the Eskimos Preview Show. And the Eskimos will take the lead. With your hosts, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Still an hour to go of football talk tonight here on 630 Chad, the voice of the Eskimos. Tomorrow night, Reed Wilkins will return to this chair for Inside Sports. And it has always uh, portions of Inside Sports brought to you by Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with southern classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northernchickenyeg.com. So uh, that'll be uh, tomorrow night. Reed will be back uh, with you on Inside Sports. Pleased to welcome in with myself and Dave Campbell now. Uh, Blake Dermott joins us in studio, our uh, football analyst. Uh, how are you, Blake? I'm doing good. How's, um, the, how's the offseason? I think, I think this is the first offseason. I've already seen you. No, I know. Usually I, I, we have a lunch or a coffee, but you're. Too, I saw you at the airport. Yeah, that's I did, right. I was going out of town on vacation, and you were working out at the airport. Yeah. So. Um, no, I've been keeping uh, uh, low-key, busy at work, um, but getting excited. Uh, the season's so close. I can't believe it's like a, it's like a month early. But, it's, uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it feels like it. I mean, it's only about 10 days earlier than normal, but... Yeah. Uh, Man, it, it just seems to, the last month seemed to fly by before training camp begins. You, like everybody else, sat back and watched things change here. Uh, a lot of veteran players leaving. Not a lot. Some veteran players leaving. Uh, some veteran players coming in. Alex Bazzi was uh, maybe the most notable of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of give me your take on what you saw this offseason from the Eskimos. Well, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit last year when we were looking at the roster at the beginning of the season, and, and the defensive line all had a, a certain familiarity to it. They are all like 31, 32, 33 years old. Uh, there, there just seemed to be a lot of gray and not a lot of youth there. Uh, and uh, with Botang coming in and, and having a, a really good rookie season, it you know that eventually that's going to be uh, an area where that we're going to have to turn over. Just didn't think it was going to turn over quite as drastically as it mm-hmm. did. You know, with with virtually, you know, one starter left out of that defensive uh, front, which, it, you know, the first five, seven games of the year was pretty darn dominant. Mm-hmm. And then there's just one guy left, and Armando Sewell, the best one, which is good. But, uh, yeah, uh, a big turnover in that area. And then, of course, uh, defense in general, there's a lot of turnover in there. But you lose a, a, a receiver, two receivers, you know, one of the you know, all-time great uh, totals in CFL history, and, and uh, he's gone, and, and the top receiver in the league is gone. So there, there, a couple of areas were hurt pretty hard. We said that with, with Mike Riley. We were just talking to him about that. I was saying, I don't know how much... I'm not gonna, you can't say you're not going to miss the league's leading receiver. You're not going to miss a Darius Bowman who led the league the year before and has been all-world for four years. But, I mean, with Hazleton healthy and here for the full year and with Bryant Mitchell coming on, uh, they still have a really good receiving core. Oh, absolutely. That, that's just the optics of it. Sorry, it's, it's the, uh, it really is. Uh, we, when fans look at it and they see all of these big-name players leaving, but the reality is there's some pretty talented guys that are still here. 
And it's hard to do that in, in the game of football. And you have to have an eye to the future. And Brock Sunderland and Jason Moss talked about that last hour is, okay, so if we're going to make a tough decision here, who's going to come in? And you look at the receiving core, you go back to 2015. I mean, we saw Darrell Walker for the first time in yeah. Fort McMurray and made a great catch to win the game uh, late against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 2016, some guy named Zilstra finally gets in, you know, game 13, which is probably 13 games too long that we waited for him. And then you look at this year, well, you got Brian Mitchell waiting in the wings. You got Kenny Stafford around. Can Duke Williams take a step? And then you look at the running back stable. Yeah. And my goodness, you got Gable, you got White, you got Perkins. There's still a What's lot a there. Fella? Is there a Cooper? Shaq Cooper? Cooper, yeah. Cooper, and yeah. even Brock, Brock Sunderland brought him up to us yeah. there in the first hour talking about how well he played at minicamp. So the offense is going to be all right, I think. Yeah, you know, and, but, and that was the other thing that we talked about last year, too, when, when, especially when you know they were 7-0 and and we were starting to see right from the first game uh, J.C. Sherrick going down and, and, and the parade of injuries just continued to happen and, and uh, occur. And the team still was able to maintain a really competitive nature. And we said that I don't know if we'd ever see, we'd seen the Eskimos in the last 10 years being this deep with talent. And so when you lose a couple of players, obviously that depth just rises up now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not maybe not such a, a big surprise to see the, the amount of players and the guys that we've just talked about, uh, you know, stepping in and really not missing a beat. It's defense where the questions are going to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt. they got to take a step. And I, I often wonder... You know, if the secondary stayed healthier, you know, if the linebacking core stayed healthier, would we see more, I guess, of a, let's say, a more cre- creative might be the wrong word, but, you know, Mike Benavides, the defensive coordinator, might play more games back there, right? It just yeah. always seemed like if he lost a lot of vets back there, he played four-man pressure and just prayed that they got to the quarterback. But you wonder with a healthy lineup, and with that secondary that looks loaded, Blake, you wonder if Mike Benavides, that'll make him a better coordinator. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one thing that people don't understand when they compare the NFL to CFL and that is that from an offensive standpoint, you lose a lineman in, in, in the CFL, you can get another lineman if, if it's an American because that position doesn't change. If you uh, lose a receiver, you might be able to find a receiver or a running back because really those positions don't change. Even the, the, the routes that they run are mm-hmm. still called the same thing. They're still an out, a post, a corner, you know. But if you lose a defensive back who's used to playing with only four of you back there, now there's a fifth guy, so now every coverage that I run has a slight difference to it than than what I'm used to. And same with linebackers, you know. It's it's a different, and it, it, people always talk about the size of the field. It isn't, I, I think that's part of it, but I also think just the fact that you've got an extra player which changes your responsibility. Even though they run cover three in the NFL, uh, you run cover three here, your cover three responsibility is different than what it is there. You don't run cover two uh, in the CFL. You may see the odd smattering of it, but you don't run that, which is a staple in the in in down south of the border. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the differences in the game is more on the defensive side than on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks till training camp. Take me back to your time. Didn't didn't you guys about this time start to come up with injuries so you didn't have to go through two a days? <laughs> you just it's a little. My shoulder's a little sore. I don't you know think what? I can I don't only think go once. That's smart. I, I actually uh, I actually really looked forward to training camp. I. Um, I, I don't know why. You know, I mean, part of me was knew I was going to get sore, knew I was going to get the old Cro-Magnon forehead. I used to call it because my <laughs> forehead would get so bruised, and my 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 eyebrows would look like I'd have that one eyebrosis. But it was just the, you know just a bruise between the two eyebrows. <laughs> but I but I you know I but I just look forward to because you you see guys that you hadn't seen for six months. A lot of guys would come in, and there was always that that excitement and level of competition that you, you 
the reason why everybody plays this game is because they, you know, deep down you want to compete. But I, I always look forward to training camp, and I always felt that way for about three days. Then, then I was okay. Okay, I don't need. <laughs> yeah, to that's it. This is fun, right? <laughs> Let's start the season. Well, the good thing, I, I mean, training camps are different now, right? Yeah, way different. Like you did two a days. And you were pretty much going all day, right? Well, we, my first two years or first three years, we did a month of, of training camp. Yeah. So so it was, you know, because you played four exhibition right. games. And you were in training camp a long time. And then it started to pare itself down. So I think maybe the last year we had 12 days of two-a-days. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think now they're, they're close to that. There, in, there's in, a limit. In the old days, yeah. the hockey and football season always overlapped. Yeah. Now it only overlaps if your team gets to the final. Right. Right? And because it's it's underway with semifinals maybe this year. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot longer. And this year, now it's... I mean, they they start, they are on the field for the first time on a Sunday, and then a week later they're playing their first preseason game. Yeah, you don't get a lot of time to get ready. No, no, we would. I think we were close to ten days, twelve days before our first exhibition yeah. game, and uh, and then then they just came fast and furious after that. But of course, you had more. It just seemed like you had more guys playing. But yeah, it was uh, yeah. a different time. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Blake, thanks for coming in. I okay. wish we could talk to you more, I'm sure. I, li- I look forward to a couple of weeks' time uh, seeing you every day in the press box telling stories and making us laugh. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks stories for coming in. Stories we could air. <laughs> how, was, uh, how was football practice today? Uh, it was, you know, first day for a new school. It was uh, it was uh, trying to learn some uh, learn the names of kids. It's going to be take me a little bit of a Yeah, while. new colors on. Yeah, I right? do. Yeah. yeah, they look better on you. Escona. It's, it's closer. Yeah. It's closer. Yeah, yeah I'm it's... not sure. I think I'm, yellow's not quite as slimming. Ah, but, uh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> if it was black with you, yellow better but that's yeah. why you're wearing the black vest yeah, yeah, that's you're right. counteracting that's right. <laughs> thanks blake okay thanks. all right that's uh, blake Dermott. we'll hear lots more from him as the season uh, rolls along as we get into games as we mentioned first game on may 27th uh, don't forget training camp starts on uh, next uh, week saturday on the field a uh, week sunday for the first time fan day this year is after the preseason games because of the uh, the front-loaded preseason schedule fan day is going to be on june 3rd it's going to go one to three on the brickfield at commonwealth stadium and as always uh, i was at commonwealth for the first time last year was a big success, and they're going to do that again. So uh, think about that and uh, plan for that on June the 3rd from 1 till 3 o'clock. Uh, we've got uh, we've kept Justin Sorensen and Matt O'Donnell waiting too long already. I don't want to get them angry, so I'll bring them in next uh, as you continue to listen to a 2018 Eskimo preview show right here on 630 Chet. Hey, welcome back. It is the Eskimo Preview Show for the year 2018. Believe it or not, training camp just around the corner a week from uh, Saturday. It's medicals and physical day, and then uh, on the field a week from Sunday on the 20th. Uh, Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell, and uh, happily joined in studio now uh, by Matt O'Donnell and Justin Sorensen. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm. Uh, we're we're doing good. Uh, sorry to make you wait out there, but oh, that's you know, all right. <laughs> you know, Mike Mike Riley likes to talk. Blake Drummond likes to talk. So uh, here for a good time and a long time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> we, we know well, Mike likes to talk. Let's let's hope so. Uh, you're uh, you're. We were just talking about you're a week and a half away from training camp. Uh, what's this week and a half like for you? Uh, do you get antsy? Do you get excited to get going or? Uh, well, to, to be honest, the mini camp was kind of cool because then we got a little t- little taste of football before it got started. But I don't know. A lot of guys like to take off time before training camp, but I know me and Matt are the philosophy of working right up until it. So yeah, we'll go uh, maybe a day off right beforehand. But you want to hit the ground running just as you're working out in the you know in the field or upstairs in the gym. You know, you get it right outside and just start pushing people around. So one leads to the other. Yeah, and somebody's right behind you trying to take your job, right? So you gotta you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. <laughs> Yeah, potentially, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not really. Well, the, see, that's one thing about about training camp that you know, it's just this this mi- mysterious kind of you know dynamic is is you're a team, 
but there are battles within the team in training camp and you're trying to support each other, but sometimes, you know, you're going, oh, I don't want that guy taking my job either, right? Well, you're always trying to go for the, the best guys in the field you can. Sometimes means putting your pride aside, but, uh, you know, I'd say we're pretty solid along the O-line, but there's definitely going to be some spots open this year. Yeah, it's going to be a different look to the O-line because you got a lot of youth on that O-line, and, and Jason Moss last hour said some young guys are going to have to step up, but they've been around for a little bit. You know, some have been around for this is their third season. You look at a Jacob Ruby, it's his second year. Um, but what's that going to be like for you guys now? You know, I, you, you've been, Justin, you've been established leader for a while, um, and Matt, you're, you know, you're, you're, into that role now, but Justin, what's that going to be like to have kind of a different look on that O-line? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure it's their fourth seasons. <laughs> so, I'd, it's about time they started stepping up and getting their stuff together. No. Except but, for Ruby. No, I think Ruby's the same draft class. Well, I know. Well, yes, that's true, but but here. 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 I, I agree yes. with that. But no, I mean, they're both good players, and to be honest, like, like I said, they're four years in the league now, and so it, that's the time as an offensive lineman when you're naturally starting to play. That's yeah. what that's, It was about my fourth year when I became a consistent starter say and the same as well so it's it's kind of like the time where it's their time to shine and they need to step up and start playing well so it'll be nice to see uh, which of those two step up and uh, play a big role in an offense line this year if not both how physical is training camp I mean it's changed though we were just talking to Blake Dermott before you guys came in about how different training camp is from from his day to now uh, you know you don't wear the pads as much anymore uh, is it as physical as it was for you guys well you got to be smart with your practicing you know you don't want to be you know getting guys hurt or wearing each other out just before you know regular season games you know you have that three week period and everything but uh, you don't want to be smashing each other too much you got to know how to recover I figure as you know getting up there as the old guys now we learn the tricks of the trade you know take the elevator up to Chow Hall and uh, <laughs> Ice tub after every practice, but uh, you know you learn the tricks of the trade and you stay healthy as long as you can. Yeah, and it seems this day and age that player safety is at the forefront, and so there's definitely a whole lot less contact back than when we first came in the league, and like back back when Blake played, which I'm sure was even way more then. And so it's probably a good thing. I mean, guys are trying to get less injured and stuff. So, yeah, it's not nearly as much contact as before, but we still get it in, and it's still a lot harder than a normal practice week. Yeah. He said they had four preseason games when he played. Can you imagine going through four preseason games? <laughs> uh, that'd be a little, I'm sure that hopefully the, the starters wouldn't have to play in all four. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so it works in the NFL, doesn't it? I think yeah. you might. They hardly play. Yeah, I think you might play a little bit more for sure. Uh, how Are preseason games important for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's you always want to get your groove going before the season starts, and that's what was awesome about minicamp, too, us all getting together. So I think we're going to hit the ground running. And I know with uh, that game in day eight or whatever it is, a training camp, mm-hmm. I think that minicamp was very valuable to have us starting to move around together and getting used to each other again. And so, yeah, it's very important because those preseason games kind of set the tone for the start of the season. And it, it is different. You said, you know, day eight is your first preseason game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and we always talk about how training camp, needs to be physical and it is physical and but then you have a game within a week so how much does that change I guess the mindset because I I guess it might be a challenge for the coaching staff when to pull back on you guys maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe go hard for, you know, first five or six days, but <clears throat> usually day before a game, you got to take it easy on the guys. I remember last year we had, what, 18 practices before we played yep, someone else of a different color, like different color jersey. So, you know, we were out there getting a couple of tussles. You see the yeah. same guy too many times <laughs> in the chat line, you know, on the practice field, a little shove here or there. And, but it's all, you know, brotherly love out there. Yeah, I think there'll be a whole lot less fist fights in training camp this year with yeah. uh, having to see someone in another color early. You uh, get the first yeah. game early and then the second game is like four days later which is yeah tough and yeah and then well, i mean i imagine that 
everybody probably won't be playing in both games. I'm not sure how they'll do it, but I mean, with with it being that close together, they're gonna have to get their looks in from however they want to. So, but yeah, then they're gonna have a full week of training camp after a game. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The continuity from the coaching staff. Uh, I know it's sort of a new offensive coordinator, but you know the guy pretty well and Jason Moss, but hearing the same voices now or majority of the time for the third season in a row, because Matt, you've been here long enough to know that, and Justin as well, that there was some change over and, and, and that's hard for you guys, but now you get to hear the same group. What's that like? Oh, it's definitely like the best thing in the world. You get uh, a couple years, the same coaches, same offense, same, you know, verbiage and everything like that. You know, you really start hitting the ground running because it just becomes automatic. You don't think about it. You just react. I think some of the greatest teams and organizations in CFL history is when they had the same coaching staff, the same management, and they were able to go on long runs. Because when you're constantly, when it's constantly a revolving door of coaches and GMs, then it's so hard to find your identity and for all the players to gel together. So I think the longer you can have the same coaches, the more successful you can be. And you don't see it very often. I mean, it's just like players. I mean, coaches move around a lot now too, it seems, yeah. in the CFL because everybody's, you know, guys are looking for better situations, more money, more uh, more responsibility, whatever it may be. And it's not always in the CFL, as we've seen with the Eskimos coaching staff this year with a couple of guys going south. So it, it doesn't happen very often. So you got to enjoy it while it does happen and, and hopefully, as you say, win a lot of football games in that stretch. Yeah, and if you can keep the main pieces in place, then that's huge. Obviously, you're going to lose assistance here and there. But if you can keep the head coach and the GM and your main pieces, it really is beneficial. Uh, it's uh, what do we got? Matt O'Donnell and Justin Sorensen uh, in studio with us uh, here till uh, eight o'clock tonight. Morley Scott along with uh, Dave Campbell. Eskimos will uh, open up training camp one week from uh, Saturday with medicals and physicals. What's that day like? Is that like the first day of school? <clears throat> well, you get this little piece of paper and they just tell you to go, you know, this station, that station, that station. You just follow the circuit for about 30 different stations. You get poked and prodded and yelled at and told to do this test and that <laughs> test. And uh, you make sure they sign every box just so you can get on the field the next day. Yeah, the older I get, the more annoying it is. You go stand in lines <laughs> and wait. And, like, I get like those. When I was young, like the old veterans would just walk ahead of everybody. And I'm pretty close to getting to that point. Yeah. And it's like, I did this last year. Yeah. It's, it's the same things over and over and over. Like, nothing's changed. Well, quickly, both of you guys, which on that list, what's the least, the, like most, or, or the least favorite thing you want to do? I mean, I'm sure all of it sucks, but <laughs> what, well, what's the one you will look forward to the least? I always find the lineup is the longest for the uh, the eye test. They always get bogged down. There's always like <laughs> six, seven, eight people in line, so you jump around, go to a different station, hope to catch the line when it's slower. But it's always. Too, lo- too many people long and you're just waiting there for a half hour and you're you know trying to get out of there huge shocker that the one i don't like is they do this stretch test and, I, <laughs> and it's so annoying and like it's all these crazy different positions that you never get in that has nothing to do with football but they want to see what your stretch level is there you go <laughs> lots of lineups so apparently medical days like going to costco uh it is uh, coming up to 727 uh, we're going to take a break head to the newsroom and uh, when we return we'll have more with uh, matt o'donnell and justin Sorensen. you're listening to 2018 edmonton eskimos preview right here on the voice of the eskimos 630 chat Side, throws now over the top. It may not be June yet. That is complete. Across the 15 to the 10. But you can send. To the 10, the 5. The Eskimos' 70th season is almost here. Almost here. Touchdown, Eskimos. This is the Eskimos Preview Show. Incomplete. Eskimos win it. With your hosts, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. On Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. 
Welcome back. Another half hour to go here on the Eskimo Preview Show. Dave Campbell along with Morley Scott in the studio. Joined by offensive lineman Matt O'Donnell and Justin Sorensen. Thanks a lot for coming down again, guys. Uh, for you two, uh, having Jason Moss as your offensive coordinator again. It's a familiar voice, obviously, because he's the main voice. But now he's the main voice on offense. Does that affect you guys in any way? Or as far as, you know, in general style how you play or just the messaging what what what's the change i think it's all going to be relatively the same we try uh you know always run a balanced offense keep the defense on their heels keep them guessing you know they're trying to intimidate you or trying to throw some nonsense at you from this side that side corner half all that stuff you know i think it'll be uh, pretty consistent out there and from a positional level we don't really talk to the oc anyways yeah we're just mostly with our offensive line coach talking to him on the sidelines and stuff anyways so we don't really hear too much from the oc or the head coach during a game anyways you guys hockey fans? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. <coughs> Sadly, uh, Canucks fans. Yeah, oh. we're Canucks fans. Oh, oh geez, okay. really? That's too yeah. bad. I feel bad for you guys. We're both uh, BC boys. <laughs> Pittsburgh and Washington going overtime. They're tied at one in game six. So if the uh, Penguins score, there's a game seven. If the Capitals score, they finally slay the Dragon and are able to get by the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in a playoff series. What's your, what do you guys, I, I find ba- uh, football players really like basketball. Are you in that boat or not? Oh, sometimes watching the playoffs and training camp comes around. You know, they're still at the tail end of the uh, the series there usually, so you know there's a lot of uh, you know smack talk going on in the locker room. But uh, we're we're pretty preoccupied with just trying to get through it alive. That's American guys, right? They like the they like the basketball. Yeah, I cheer for the Raptors. I don't think I'm a huge NBA fan, but I like the Raptors and not looking good for them right now. Oh man, what a letdown that is, eh? Yep, Cleveland man. every year. It's funny you compare. I was talking about the 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 Capitals getting by the Penguins, the Raptors, and the and the and LeBron and the Cavaliers. It's the same situation. They just can't beat them. Yeah, the struggle. The struggle is real. But how good is LeBron though? Like seriously, because you look at that Cavaliers roster and it's worse. It's probably worse than it was last year or the year before, and yet, well, they still have LeBron. Might be crazy. the worst team he's had there yet. Yeah. He's definitely dragging him to glory there. I don't know how he uh, keeps resetting the time there. Like, uh, you know, he somehow goes, what, every two days and just puts up 40 points, 40 points, 40 points. Yeah. Like, it's unreal. Are you a Raptors fan, O'Donnell? Or, or, uh, uh, even though I had to try it with them, uh, <laughs> uh, like a quasi-fan maybe. More what? of a, a Grizzlies fan, you know? Uh, the old Vancouver days. Yeah, okay. So are, are you following the Memphis Grizzlies still? Uh, no. No, no, okay, yeah. okay. Don't really have much time now. Oh, that's where they sports. went. To. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, 49-42, the Cavaliers lead the Raptors uh, late in the first half of play, so they're on track for a sweep. Uh, what's your sport to watch? If, if you're not watching a football game, what's your? is there any sporting event that you always make sure you watch? I watch pretty much every single CFL game, no matter who's playing. Really? I don't know. I like the I like the game, and even though I know a lot of people they wear it so much, they don't like watching it as much on the outside. But I watch every game every week, and I watch a little bit of NFL football too. But I definitely watch every CFL game every week if I can. Yeah, big fan of the Olympics or whenever you know Team Canada's taking on Double IHF hockey stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, whenever we can cheer on our guys. Did you did you get up early yesterday to watch him crush Korea? Or? No, I didn't. But yeah, uh, no. we were watching the uh, sadly we watched the gold medal game, the women's game. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a that was a real heartbreaker. Yes, indeed. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny I, how how different guys kind of gravitate to different sports. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everybody obviously loves football, but I, I find I always found basketball. I know when Shamad Chambers was here, we always did a feature uh, during training camp about the NBA Finals, and mm-hmm. he'd always break it down because he's such a big fan. Mm-hmm. I talked last week to Nate Bahar, who's a huge Raptors fan, and and he did kind of did the same thing, breaking down the uh, breaking down the Raptors playoff chances. He thought they had a better chance, and it's actually turned out like <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people have, I guess. But yeah. uh, maybe. Those guys are turning into the uh, the problem. Yeah. Maybe one year you don't have them when they're doing the the Raptors playing the Raptors. The Raptors maybe playing the, maybe, maybe that's it. I like what? golf though. I'm a big I like golfing quite a bit, and I watch it a, bit, a bunch yeah. on TV. Do you golf a lot? Uh, I try to. Yeah. I, got, I got like 20 rounds last year. Yeah. Big, it's tough for big guys to golf, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, we get extended clubs. And <laughs> no, just, still, our swings are pretty hard to, hard to control. So, yeah. who's the golf nut in in the room as far as playing? Uh, they, there used to be a lot more guys. Now, nowadays, it's not as many guys play. But like me, Matt, and Colin go out mm-hmm. whenever we can during the season, and we get around in. It's nice just to get out of the house and get out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you get a day off, I guess, once a week. You can, you can do that if you want, right? Yeah, if if, if the ladies let us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, point, Justin. <laughs> well done. <laughs> training camp. What's uh, what's the story with training camp? Tell me what it's really like. Uh, I mean, we see we see you guys on the field for a couple hours every day, but there's so much more to it than just being on the field practicing. Yeah, it's a grind. I mean, you're pretty much there from 7 a.m. till 9.30 at night. And so it's kind of like you tell your families and everybody, all right, we'll see you in two and a half weeks, three weeks, because you're there full time. The season, we're generally there from 7 to 3, 3.30. But training camp, you're there till 9.30 at night because it's just tons of meetings and tons of rehab, meals there, everything. So it's quite a long day. And lots of studying, right? Especially for the new guys. Not so much you guys, because you've been around long enough. But uh... yeah, we still study. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely try and you know tell the young guys coming in, you know, spend as much time as you can, you know, in your playbook. Especially you get that hour before bed, you know, put the phone down, you know, quit hollering at people and uh, you know swiping right all the time, and uh, you know, put your nose in the book. Yeah, that's. I I can't remember who it was, but it was a guy. Guy once told me that his goal was just to have his uh, have his playbook hit him on the forehead every night because you know fall asleep <laughs> studying. Like he says, that's all I want to do is just study, 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 and and it's it's hard because there's like you hear that a lot, like study the playbook. But I mean, how thick is it? Oh well, in our offense, I mean, we probably have hundred plays. Between, I mean, there's only so many pass combinations we have as far as picking up schemes and stuff, but we have a ton of different run plays and stuff, and I know the receivers have so many different formations and routes and stuff, so if you're a young guy, I mean, if you're trying to make the team, there's veterans there that you're trying to take their jobs, so you, if, you, if you're not in the playbook and you're nose deep, you're, you're probably not going to succeed in doing that. Uh, the physical aspect of, of training camp, um, considering that you can't hit and practice anymore during the regular season, uh, or can't wear pads, I guess. Um, I guess you got to get your hitting done now, right? Or in those three weeks. Yeah, I think we get like uh, five padded practices or seven padded practices for all training camp. I'm not sure the exact number, but uh, other than that, those other days you don't have pads on. You got to learn to practice like a pro. You know, you go 80, 90%. You learn mm-hmm. to thud, but you ease up. You don't go down on, like, don't hit anybody low. You know, leave the quarterback alone, leave the fumbles alone, defense gets them. You know, just learn to practice the pro so everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm. And again, those padded practices are so important for the young guys because mm-hmm. the coaches and the GM know what me and Matt can do. They don't know what these young guys coming out can do or if they've improved in the offseason. They know that me and Matt are going to show up on game day and they know what we can do, whereas these young guys, it's so important for them to show and practice what they can and can't do. You were saying... Uh 
during the commercial break, your first training camp was in BC with the Lions. Uh, what was that like going into that first camp? Uh, well, I had no idea what it was going to be like going in, but that first camp there was tough. I mean, we had pads for both practices, and we'd practice in the morning and in the evening, and I think we had like 14 two-a-days or something like that. It was crazy, and my body was beat up after that. It's not nearly the same anymore. What about, when was your first uh, training camp, Matt? Was it here or did you have one in Saskatchewan? No, uh, my first year was down with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. yeah, we were down there. It just changed. They got rid of the two-a-days, so they did like an hour walkthrough in the morning and then a three-hour practice in the afternoon. We were in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, doing our training camp at some Div 3 school, and luckily I had a couple older guys try and mentor me, you know, telling me, get in the ice tub every day, try and eat healthy, you know, learn as much as you can from your playbook, because like Justin said, these guys have been here. These guys know the plays. These guys know the these guys know the lineups. They know the looks. They know everything. They're playing at game speed. You have to catch up to them. What's your biggest trick for looking after your body? Ice tubs. Yeah, ice tub every single time. It's got to be horrible. <clears throat> well, you get used to it. Like honestly, like me and Matt, we we tub before in the morning and we tub after practice. And even during the season, we do that. I don't even like too much ice in my drink, let alone getting in a tub. <laughs> like, no, how long are you in for? Uh, it depends what we do. Uh, after practice, usually hit about 10 minutes and go warm up in the in the hot tub. But, you know, usually only the first minute is the bad part. After that, you can't feel it. Yeah. yeah. And in the morning, I generally contrast. We go back and forth between the hot for about a minute each, probably four or five times. And then, like you said, afterwards, we go 10 minutes in the cold, 10 to 12 minutes in the cold. Man. I got chills just thinking about Man, that. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> when, when, I don't know. Like, just, just getting in the ice tub to me is just crazy. But I guess if it works, right? you got to do whatever works for you. Uh, Justin Sorensen and Matt O'Donnell are in studio with us. We're here uh, till uh, 8 o'clock talking Eskimos football. Uh, we'll take a break. Be back with more. It is uh, coming up to 744 on 630 Chad. Uh, we're back on the Eskimo Preview Show. Uh, Morley Scott along with uh, Dave Campbell. In studio with us, uh, Matt O'Donnell and Justin Sorensen. Justin, you uh, you got married during the offseason. I did. How'd that all go for you? It was awesome. It was so nice I did it twice. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did you did one here. Yeah. And where is the other one? Down in Mexico. Now, and that was just like last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got married on Thursday down in Mexico. Well, you know, it's repetition, right? It's all about yeah. re- <laughs> I, I got your reps in. Yeah, I got better at the second time. I don't know. <laughs> you weren't as nervous all that, eh? Exactly. Well, thank you for the nice weather. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, how's uh, uh, how's life? You're you got a kind of a neat story with with your marriage because you did the proposal on the sidelines. Yeah, and so everybody's kind of watched this whole thing blossom. Yeah, yeah and I, I go on the radio quite a bit too, and get asked about it quite often. So yeah, kind of a lot of the Edmontonians have been following along, and I know even when I see people out, like random people I don't know, they come up to me and ask me about it and stuff. So it's pretty cool. He gets thrown a good curveball now and again. We do these uh, these telus talks about you know safe internet with all these kids in, in schools and stuff like that and they always ask him you know what's your favorite game we got to remind him you know uh, don't say the Grey Cup you got to say the, the day you propose just in case <laughs> that's right oh yeah yeah that's right that's yeah. forever haunt you now that's the most important game right exactly <laughs> now you uh, you're downstairs a lot at, uh, at uh, Kissing Country with uh, with Chris and the gang in the morning show how'd that get started uh, they they just found out I met Chris one time he found out I was a big country fan I think I was in an event he's like oh we need to get you on sometime and so ever since then it just built and built and built and I, I get on fresh a lot now too I like them. they're they're pretty fun over there too so it's always a good time when we're in this building excellent is that uh, post career maybe <laughs> I don't know about that maybe <laughs> uh, you guys you guys are way though. smoother than I am I'm not trying to hurry or anything <laughs> I'm just asking <laughs> I'm just asking we uh, like watching you guys a lot on on the field so no rush there okay <laughs> uh, did you 
did you guys both stay here pretty much all off season? Yeah, yeah. I was down. Uh, you know, you take your little trips here and there, but for the most part, you stay at the stadium. Uh, I actually took a seven week trip to South America with my fiance, so that was pretty fun too. Oh, how, yeah. Was that, where'd you go? Uh, well, she's from Southern Brazil. Went to Rio, Sao Paulo. Went to Argentina for a week. So definitely uh, good to escape winter here for seven weeks. You guys in the <laughs> minus thirty and forty. Uh, and he got engaged down there. Yeah. Oh, oh congratulations! Yeah. Yeah. After a game, was there a game <laughs> on? <laughs> Soccer game. Yeah. Yeah. No, they call it football down there. The other football. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell tell me what what is it about Edmonton, Matt? That uh, I, I guess just makes you. You've been here for a while. I mean, this is what your your sixth year here. Yeah, uh, going on six now. Yeah, and, uh, bought a house a couple of years ago, and you know, not a big fan of the minus forty, but uh, <laughs> definitely love this city, love the energy and everything like that. You know, downtown Jasper, and you know, you got White Ave. You know, the surrounding areas, too. My, my brother's down in Red Deer with a couple of my friends, too. And, you know, it's nice to be close-knit with your family. So it's definitely a place I can see myself staying after football. Did you guys see the video Mike Riley voiced for uh, for the city, for the Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, I watched it. That's Matt, good, you eh? need to see it. It will give you chills. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job. It, maybe not us, but to give the Edmontonians chills. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're used to Mike. The message was awesome, and that was really cool, but we're used to Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike doesn't wow you? No, not anymore. <laughs> What's he like in meetings? Uh, is, he, is he in your meetings a lot? Or? No, no like, to be honest, like, we're a separate entity. The offensive line meets on its own. Like We're very rarely are we in an offensive meeting, and obviously when everybody's in the team meeting at the very start, and then we just go off the offensive line room, do our own thing. I mean, maybe we have two or three meetings a week with them for 10 minutes, and that's about it. Hmm. And I guess is that why is that? Is it because your position is so different from everybody else's? Or well, because when they're when they're in there talking about pass routes and different combinations, yeah. we don't need to be there for that. Yeah. And when they're breaking down how we block plays and different techniques, they don't need to be there for that either, right? You do hear him in the huddle. What's he like in the huddle? He just calls the play. <clears throat> yeah, he comes up, he says, all right, boys, give me enough time. Uh, I'm going to sling the 60 for a touchdown usually. Yep. <laughs> Does he say anything humorous, or is he pretty much by the book, straight lace, let's call the play and let's get up to to uh, to, to the line? Uh, he's pretty straight lace, but he can he uses comedy every once in a while. Usually it's me and Matt making the jokes and <laughs> Mike being serious, but he can crack a joke every once in a while. You guys, uh, how how much have you guys been out together this off season? That's that's one thing. If you live in Edmonton and you're a member of the Eskimos, you go to a lot of schools, you go to a lot of events, a lot of charity events. Are you two guys paired up pretty much all the time? Yeah, we do. Uh, me and me and Matt are partners. We do a TELUS um, internet safety um, for young kids and also junior high kids. And so I think me and Matt have probably been to what twenty to thirty schools together this off season. And we're also training partners all off season too, so we can probably see each other more than we need to. Yeah. So you got you got a good rapport going. You got you, you learn to read off each other and when to talk and when not to talk. I see Matt pointing to you a lot tonight. That's all. Yeah. Well, uh, he, I take the lead usually. Oh, uh, you know, he usually text. Likes to talk the most, so I just kind of yeah. let him do his thing until he gets tired. <laughs> I'm the center, right? I make all the calls, and, he, and then Matt just tells me when I'm wrong. Explain that a little bit, because people hear that about the center making the calls. You're talking about blocking schemes, right? Yeah, and calling out fronts and where we're working to and who's who has who and that kind of thing. How much film do you watch? Uh, we watch, I mean, quite a bit. I mean, I mean, obviously we're in there for five hours of film every day and then even after practice when we, the offensive line comes up meets meets as a group and sometimes our line coach is there sometimes he's not then if he's not me and Matt just run the meeting and get all the guys straight and going in the right direction I'm always I'm always fascinated by guys talking about watching film like what do you watch for what do you what do you look for 
Uh, are you watching defensive line guys and trying to you know figure out what they're doing and how they do things or? Well, I think me and Matt watch film a little bit differently because I uh, I look at the big picture. So does Matt as well, but Matt more breaks down technique on guys. So he'll look at the D tackles and the DNs, look and see what they favor, which moves are their best, and which ones they use often, or if their hands are down in a different way, or which foot's back. Matt breaks down a lot of that stuff, correct? Yeah. <clears throat> and then I look at the whole back end schemes because I'm looking for blitzes and trying to get us going in the right direction right. and giving Mike a heads up if we have someone coming that we don't have a block for. The question I have is on average... How many times are you looking at the same play? Well, it depends. If we did it right, we're only going to look at it once. If we okay. did it wrong, we're gonna, <laughs> probably going to look at it five plus times for all five guys on the board. Yeah. <laughs> and if we're if, if we're looking at the the other team on on their popular fronts and stuff, we'll maybe see the same play. And over those three, four days leading up to a game, we'll probably watch the same play 15 to 20 times sometimes just to make sure we know what we're doing and we got everybody going in the right direction. The biggest question I have is, why do they still call it film? <laughs> if, do you guys refer, everybody calls it film, right? Watching film or watching tape? Yeah. And it's neither of those, well, right? It's because digital it's all now, digital now, right? It's well, it's still, easier than it's still technically digital. film, right? Yeah. We're watching digital video. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's go watch in, We'll go watch a digital clip today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> film. It's easy. Yeah. That's the old, matter the old, must have been tough in the old days, right? I mean, you got the projectors, and you had to turn yeah. the lights out, and yeah. the projectors got to run. Yeah, now we have all these crazy smart boards, and our coaches know how to use them, so it's, <laughs> it ends up being the same thing. Yeah, well, no, film they're... rooms are cleaner now because you don't have stacks of VHS tapes and, yeah. and, and reel-to-reels and things like that, I'm sure. So, How do you guys spend the next couple of weeks? Uh, just getting ready. I know, um, like I said, we just got back from vacation, so now me and Matt are just really grinding these last two weeks. We'll probably go hard till Wednesday next week and then probably just get something light in on Thursday and Friday and get ready to go for Sunday. Try and make sure, uh, definitely get enough sleep. You can't go into camp with a sleep deficit, so you're trying to get, you know, seven, eight, nine hours a day, maybe bump up to a, a 10 or 11 a couple of days before. Oh. I know Justin wakes up bright and early, 6.30 every morning like a crazy person, but uh, <laughs> I personally struggle to get out of bed before noon, so I'm trying to do it as much as I can before the 7 a.m. start. Oh, goodness. I envy you, man. Yeah. Totally. I'm like Jason. I can't. I can't. If I'm awake, I'm up, and I wake up. Like six o'clock every day, pretty much. Jason was here earlier. Justin's here now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I meant, Justin. <laughs> Never mind. Well, it's really funny on on the road. It's, Morley will ask me, "Do you want to do you want to get up uh, and go for a walk?" Well, what time are you getting up? Six. I go, forget it, buddy. That's about two hours earlier than I want to get up. Jason, Jason was saying the same thing when he was here before. He says before camp, he just likes to rest, and because yeah. he knows yeah. how. Even on the coaches, it's a tough grind. Well, yeah, they're everybody. going longer because they're they're meeting mm-hmm. after practice, and they got to make all the tough choices after practice, breaking down guys and. Yeah. So they're even there longer than us. Well, uh, we kind of run out of time. Thanks for coming in, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Justin Sorensen and uh, Matt O'Donnell uh, joining us in studio. We had uh, uh, Mike Riley on the telephone earlier. We also had uh, head coach uh, Jason Moss and uh, GM Brock Sunderland in as well. Uh, Dave Campbell's here. And I guess all we got to do now is just tear a few pages off the calendar and get after it. We'll see you guys in 12 days for sure. Sounds great. All right, guys. uh, Thanks thanks very much. Just a reminder to everybody, uh, single game tickets are on sale right now for uh, all Eskimo uh, games. Coming up uh, this season, you can head to Ticketmaster for that. Uh, the launch party is going to be at West Edmonton Mall. That goes on Thursday, May 17th. That's a week from Thursday. Starts at 6 o'clock. Meet at the big ship and go from there. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Fan Day 
will be uh, after the preseason games this year. It's a little different this year because of the schedule. Uh, Fan Day will be on June 3rd after the two preseason games. It will go from uh, 1 to 3 at uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium like it was last year. Should be a good day. Uh, that's it for this one. Uh, we'll, uh, of course, be back with the Coaches Show coming up Monday nights uh, just before the regular season starts. And, of course, complete coverage of Eskimo Training Camp on 630Ched and at 630Ched.com as well. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming in, hanging around a little bit uh, longer. You betcha. And uh, my name's Morley Scott. He's Dave Campbell. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Have a great night, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.